from the Far East to the Great West. The podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Broitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. How's it going, Michael? I'm good, Matthew. Sort of. I mean, I'm I'm like sitting here in Los Angeles to record this on total lockdown. As of two minutes from now, it's it's <laughs> I'm recording this actually in my car in a parking lot, and we are we're officially in lo- two minutes. We'll be in lockdown. So yeah, did you notice won't... like Night of the Comet has been playing on repeat on on television? It's just oh, like that same funny. kind of thing. You know, it's like oh, this impending disaster. You know, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You're gonna wake up in your car in the morning, and everybody's gonna be dust. My God, I'm just I've been waiting for that day. As long as I'm not the, I got as long as they turn me to dust, man. I don't want to be like the like uh, Burgess Meredith in the Twilight. <laughs> yeah, I got glasses. And... Yeah, look it up, gang. Look it up. Yeah, you know, I thought uh, a lot about that character and how you know he could have pulled it off if he could have just found some. I know, some, found some it, like glass bottles, and I don't know, stood really <laughs> far away from the books. I don't know, he would have been okay. <laughs> stood really far away. <laughs> Okay, maybe not. Maybe he wouldn't. Have. All right, well, we're doing a fun one, uh, one that you mentioned. We yes. kind of missed it, and I see what you mean, and we kind of missed it because it's a really flashy, good-looking movie. It has, yeah, yeah, good martial arts, and I mean, it's this is a really well-made film um, overall. Good, but we are doing Fist of Fury Part Two. That is correct. We are, and this uh, this one as a kid, you know, I knew it existed, and I and I've been had been dying to see because I read about it in a, um, a magazine, one of the Chinese mag. There's a place in uh, San Francisco I used to go to called Brennan Lai's Kung Fu Supplies, Ooh. and that's where you get all the the martial arts equipment, etc. And the you know anybody from the Bay Area will, will recognize this place. Um, and they would have these Chinese magazines like Real Kung Fu and Secrets of Kung Fu. They'd come out of Hong Kong, but they'd be in English. You know, you can get them in English, but there was also in Chinese. So anyways, I remember reading an article about it, so I was very excited. It did play in a theater, one of the theaters in San Francisco, but I don't know if I was grounded or, or couldn't make, whatever reason, <laughs> I didn't make it. So I never got to see this one theater. So it, in in my pursuit later in life of 35-millimeter prints, this was in, always in my top 10. And it's of my top 10, it's one of two that I've actually managed to get, <laughs> except the copy I have of this movie is missing... Whoever owned it before or prior to that guy um, cut out the stuff at the beginning where it talks, where it's photos from Fist of Fury. It must have been a Bruce no Lee fan. Cause as we open this, people know that there's a narration and talking about Fist of Fury and showing clips from the movie, and then it drops into them coming into this funeral. My my copy is missing that beginning, but I know I'll never find one again, so I ended up buying it anyway. Oh wow! And um, we did a little we did a little little morphing of Tarantino's uh, print of it in mind to actually scan it and make it look really beautiful. But anyway, so yes, I didn't get to see this one till finally in, in its original scope until uh, the last couple of couple of years. Mm. Well, I was very impressed. Um, let's just start with the top. Um, I guess there's debate. Who who directed it? This is Lee Sonam, 100%. Okay. But it, but um, what is yeah, it, my copy uh, ended with the Shaw Brothers. Of right. He he told me. I mean, Lee told me that you know Jimmy is a producer and he's yeah. done some directing, but he put his name on it. But this is full on Lee Sonam. I'm not saying Jimmy might have come in and said, "Hey, Lee, do this here, do that." But <laughs> you can, if you know, if you know Lee Sonam, and he's somebody I followed quite a bit, and you know, as most people listening to this know, I've actually know him he's he's uh this is definitely his style too i mean the the, the dp he worked with on this we can you know mention is um uh ye ching pao i think is his name but he's uh, i think they only worked together once but he did a lot of dramas in his his career as a cinematographer but even with that n- note um i can still see that um you know lee so names per, per sort of like love of dark like Lee, like you watch Eyes of the Dragon or the Tiger and Hot Cool and the Vicious. There's a lot of dark shots. He loves shooting at night, and this is no exception to that. Um, so, yeah, Lee Sonam. Perfect. That's and I say that because I don't think everybody <laughs> even knows. Like you know, you're just like, of course, and we know this, but I, there's a lot of people that are like, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, of course Bruce Lai. Um, he's 
terrific in it. He's really embodying yeah. his Bruce. Um, Lole, who else? I mean, I saw some familiar characters from the last. Tian one. Feng, yeah, well, Tian Feng, who plays the the dr- the soon to be drunk, uh, you know, alcohol addicted <laughs> yeah. teacher. So it's really interesting about this because this film was actually shooting more or less simultaneously when Lo Wei was who did the original Fist of Fury and the Big Boss, of course, was doing his own sequel. Right. And I'd asked Lee about this. I said, so you guys were shooting at the same time. I said, how did you get the rights? He goes, well, back then you didn't have rights. Anybody could have made a Fist of Fury part two. <laughs> but so what happened is, is that so Lee is getting a couple of the actors from the original movie and Lo Wei got a couple of the actors. Now Lo Wei Perfect. got Nora, Nora Mao so in this version as, a, as you will probably describe soon there's a double for Nora Mao who kills herself quickly in the beginning so we never get to you know rely on her at all in the film. But Tian Feng who plays uh, the, the teacher who was people know from the Shaw Brothers of one Armed Swordsman Five Fingers of Death was also um, in The Awakened Punch which is actually another forthcoming film from Pearl River um, and then he actually interesting for any sort of cinephile fans of like like um, uh, Wong Kar Wai he was in his last movie I think actually was in a Wong Kar Wai film called The Hand which was part of an anthology of films called under the title of Eros with um, Michelangelo Antonioni and Steven Soderbergh it was like these erotic short stories that they hmm. both did but he was in it and um, so yeah and the other actor damn what's his name the heavier set yeah the chubby chubby cheek he was in right he was in Big Boss and Fist of Fury so that was the other actor right so during these simultaneously shot movies you know Jackie Chan being the lead in this one we got Bruce Lai in this one and by most accounts and I'm a big fan of Lo Wei I think he's an you know underrated director this film is much better than New Fist of Fury which we did Right. Yeah, and I enjoyed that. That would have. I think that might be my oldest Jackie. I mean, it was really kind of the birth of Jackie, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and you know he was hamming it up, Bruce style, which I'm so glad he went his own way. But yeah, and Bruce yeah. Lee, I could see why this is uh, considered one of his favorites uh, that he did because, you know, unlike a lot of the other ones, there's so many fights early on where Bruce really takes a beating, and they sort of waited on this one until the end for Bruce to really come up yeah. against somebody. And of course, it was you know. So, of course, you're going to do that. You're going to show him off. Yeah, there's a lot of patience in this film. There's definitely, I think this is the <laughs> longest, you know, for a Bruce Lai movie where he's the star, it's the longest running time prior to him entering the movie. It's about almost like 25 minutes or yeah. something. Yeah, it, so, it was a really long um, time. And yeah, they, they did built a, it up. They did a good setup too, though. I feel like as the as an American, sure. if I would have run into this and I, I knew Fist of Fury, I would have been like, well, that was a pretty legit sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I think a lot of people feel feel that way. You know, I mean, there's some, we'll, as we go along, we'll talk about it, but there's some interesting aspects to that. And I, I think that, you know, you just to, just to cover the rest of these people, Gam Ming did the action directing in this, and Gam Ming worked for uh, Lee Sun Nam a number of times, like Hot, Cool, and the Vicious, Edge of Fury. He actually also did um, uh, Shaolin Wooden Men with Jackie Chan and Lo Wei. So he's a, he's, his, you know his, you know as you were mentioning, it's got some actually some pretty good fight scenes in here. So, yeah, they were really great. Um, well, let's get into it. This one starts yep. like so many do with a funeral. <laughs> now they yeah. do a really good job of setting up the old, um, the old movie. You know, they this right. is what happened, and the, you know they kind of give you the whole synopsis of the the original movie, yeah. and it lets you start out with what's going to be. I think it is really un- unlike some of the ones we watch. They're not really just redoing it. They have kind of. They just, of course, um, you know, <laughs> our hero has a brother, and his brother is more badass than he was, or at least just not shot yet. But that's yeah, the correct. idea. Yeah, the beginning starts out pretty weird. Um, they come in right away, and we're like, "What's going to be the conflict?" This movie, I feel like more than almost all of them. I say this almost every time, so people have got to be getting sick of me saying it. But it's very anti-Japanese. This one, there are multiple sure. times where Bruce stops and he just says like a speech about this is not how the Chinese are supposed to act. You're supposed to be, you know, powerful and honorable and awesome. Like, stop being wimps. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so the first thing they're trying to do is uh, take the school away. So they figure yeah, out. Yeah, and I should notice before you go leaping past it is that, you know, this opening sequence, which is kind of interesting, it's a rare, rare with these kung fu movies that they just open up with the credit, or excuse me, the title, and then they put the credits at the end, you know, which is what the case was in this, you know. So the beginning we have, which is right around the point when my, my print actually starts, is right about where it says Fist of Fury. 
Um, and then we have them coming down the hill. So we have this interesting, you know, uh, you know, search on that freeze frame of Bruce Lee's photo. And we're hiding the, the Nora Mao at this point, right? You know, and they're walking. There's this big buildup with them going down and, you know, this all this despair, which is, again, one of Lisa Nam's strengths, I think, with this movie. And even others, you know, which is taking some, there's some patience with his, uh, with his buildup. And, you know, you can argue sometimes it goes too far or what have you. But, you know, here we get a little bit of that introduction. We lose Nora Mao. We get the introduction, which played in the, the other film, New Fist of Fury, the, the new Chakos. They try to bury the new Chakos, but then it gets rescued by, uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? And he pulls them because they're going to obviously pop up later. And those new Chakos, obviously, in both films, both filmmakers felt the need to sort of you know, um, symbolize them as, as Bruce Lee's soul in a way, you know, so, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, you can look at it that way. I'm not trying to read into it too much, but clearly it was such a symbol of Bruce in a Uh way in both films, how it gets presented, you know? No, and we've seen it, right? It's third leg and stuff. It's yeah. yeah. It's third leg. Yes. Right. No, I'm I'm with you though. And now, you know, uh, I read this particular movie. Most of the copies out there on the web are, um, pretty much Nachaku free because they're based on UK versions of the film. So, yeah. Yeah, what a thing! As, as what a is. thing to get mad about. <laughs> Two sticks. Uh, well, what's but no? It's just, and the point is, is like you've got guys with swords chopping people up. Yeah, and let's not show the sticks that bonk people on the head. <laughs> I like, swear. So, I, I mean, am... I know what it is because they were afraid at that time people were going to start making them so easily out of broomsticks, and they were just that. You know, it's hard to we make did. a samurai sword. You know, right? Yeah, of course. But I mean, that's just it is kind of silly. Yeah, exactly. It was a broomstick. You got cut it one time. You get those little screw in eyelets yep. and a little chain yep. in between. You got nunchaku. Loved but, it. Yeah. Um, that said, I'm way more afraid of the big spike and all that stuff um, yeah. than I am. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we get in here. Uh, they, they've they come to figure out, like, right away, like, the big thing. This is the plot. They've come to steal the school away. And it's really kind of like a hopeless situation. Um, you know, the Japanese are always – we've now done this multiple movies where they're just, like, the majority. They're completely in control of the Chinese police, and they're here to make Chinese people miserable. So, yeah, they're like, uh, well, we just – we thought we'd move into your school. And they were like, uh, no, you can't do that. That This isn't even mine to give. Um, so they figure out a way to make everybody come together, and they get it out. They're like, we're going to do this signature thing. And uh, they just start, like, uh, wanton torture and murder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. Like, it's like, we wanted to bring you all here so you could understand the crime that's happened against us, not you guys. And also – you're going to sign over your place, or we'll kill you all, and you will never leave this building. Gentlemen, as you see, the Hong Q school has taken over here. Mr. Memoto is glad that you could attend the opening. And so, in addition to welcoming you, he'd like me to say a few words. Simply that we all know where we stand. Mr. Memoto says, Kung Fu is international, and it knows no frontiers. We all want the same thing, teach the same skills. But still, the Ching Wu men killed Mr. Suzuki, one of our finest teachers. And for that, they deserve no mercy, and they'll get none. My boss, Mr. Mimoto, came here to Shanghai in a spirit of peaceful cooperation, wanting to be friends. But no! The King Wu men were determined to make trouble. You know what they did? Well, I'll tell you. They sold this school to us, and they were paid all their money, but refused to sign the sale note. So then, we've invited you all here to witness justice. What's more, we want it understood. Japanese are in charge here. And that any Chinese who insults a Japanese... We'll just have to be punished, and very severely too. Well, and that's that's this is one of the. There's a couple examples of plot sort of, and this could be from the the stamp. This could be like uh, translations. I can't remember you <laughs> okay. know, reading what the, but you know, you it's sort of in, like you said in the beginning. They're going, hey, we want the school, 
But then they get to school, and what they're still doing is hunting these guys down. It's sort of like they got what they wanted, but now they're hunting them down, you know? So yeah. it's, it's rather than just kind of going in and saying, okay, we're going to wipe you guys out in the story, or we just, you know, whatever it is, you know, we want to... I mean, there's sort of an implication that they kind of wanted the school, and then they just want to torment them, which, you know, we'll get to it, you know, and that was... And then they were fine with that, and then later they hunt them down. But it's it's a little... It gets a little muddled, the actual focus, but we just get that, like you said, the Japanese hate the Chinese, and right. Ching Wu particularly... And uh, here we are. Real plot in this is pretty much that the Japanese are just going to exterminate all Chinese. And the foil to it is, of course, Chen Zhen shows up in the graveyard of all places. And right, which again takes a while. I mean, we're like, we got we go through a, a couple massive, you know, fights. just fights. Yeah, yeah, like they're just mass fights where people are just popping on each other. There's, you know, none. Uh, we're, we, we're James Nam, who plays one of the two sidekicks to, um, to Lo Lei. Is actually in a little another Fist of Fury related deal. He, he's the one that directed uh, Bruce and the Shaolin Kung Fu Part One and Two. <laughs> no so kidding. He's, yeah, yeah it's, he's, he was the uh, director, so we got him in there. Holy shit! Um, and then um, you know that that there's a moment early on which I always thought was kind of funny, where they they um, try and get uh, Tian Feng addicted to alcohol, which he does. Like they, <laughs> they have him tied up, and they're like pouring it down his throat. Like, okay, you're gonna drink this, and now you'll be addicted to it. I mean, I love the idea of him being that broken down in the story. As an right. actor, it was kind of neat because they kind of break him down and then sort of build him up again. But it's, it's a little funny how they do it. It's almost like for about you know a, a week they turn him into a raging alcoholic right. <laughs> just by pouring it down his his gullet. So. That was really funny. Yeah, because I'm like any real alcoholic, like when they're like just pouring it in his face and stuff, he, they'd be trying to swallow it. He'd be like, that's yeah. good stuff you're spilling on me. And the whole idea of like starting to spill some out to torture, it was just ridiculous. But yeah. yeah. And, you, and did you, I don't know if in your version, did you see, I mean, because jump, you jump past this, you might not have noticed it, but when we meet Lo Lay's uh, character, Lily, Lolay. He, you know, he's very, pre- he's presented through all these shots and low angles and very ominous when he's sitting down. Some of the cuts they they cut this out, but he actually grabs a bird and tosses it to the lion, and you watch on camera this lion just kills this bird. It's no, cool. I didn't see that. Well, I think in the version you the see scene. if you watch it, you'll just no. see the lion's chewing on something. Yeah, yeah, I know the scene but you're talking about. He feeds him a bird. Yeah. Holy shit! Because then they kept focusing on the birds in the cage, and I'm like, why are you focusing on the birds? Like, I thought it was kind of like a uh, Mr. Han kind of thing, Hans Island. Like he just yeah. he enslaves things or something. I don't know. But yeah, that makes more yeah. sense. Because I couldn't really tell that was a lion either. I'm like, is that a dog? Oh, it's a, well, no, it's a um, it's a, uh, a mountain lion, I think. Oh, a, right, mount, a, a mountain lion. lion. Yeah, That's so, yeah, I mean, it's it looks about right, but mine was a bit blurry. It was like a brown shape, and I thought to myself, you don't you don't see a lot of animals in these films, so that's kind of unique. No, and, and, you know, there's no regulations, particularly back then, on animal cruelty. So today you would never feed a bird to a mountain lion in a city unless you're filming it for, like, out in nature, you know. But here you'd get them biting heads off of snakes and smashing. Like, you know, remember Enter the Game of Death? You got them swinging a real-life snake around. I mean, yeah, it's pretty... that was wild. But, I mean, this is that. It's this opening, this first 23 minutes, you know, before Bruce enters the, the frame where you've got... You've got that kind of brutality. You've got these low, ominous camera angles. You've got when he signs, when he's finally signing away the school, there's lightning and thunder outside. You know, it's very like, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're now in this ransacked, beat up, you know, terrible, you know, burnt out, um, you know, uh, whatever, whatever it was, you yeah. know, structure, yeah. And uh, so, you know, we've really set this up and, and, and for you've been watching for 20 some minutes this horrendous beatdown of the Chinese. So, yeah. So then. It was really rough, just, actually. Yeah, watching it. Um, yeah. But obviously, the, the, hor- this is just what you're saying lightning, the force signature, it's all over. And it's almost like uh, the movie The Wraith. All of a sudden, yeah, right. We've got a Bruce. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is great because the well, first Bruce scene, I mean, is yeah, was, pretty great. There's a little guy and he's just like, dude, you can't be here. You can't pray. The Japanese are coming. Just get yourself yeah. out of here. Yeah. And well, it's interesting too. And I was, it's, this, that dynamic is there's a couple of things about this. One is that the introduction to Bruce Lai is so an, antithetical to the Loli introduction because it's not it, where it's low angle. You know, at the beginning he comes into the train station. There's all these Japanese around. Right. Here's just this wide shot with him just standing there. Here's some birds, and he's just done a great. It's very peaceful, <laughs> very unassuming. And then the other thing I have always found, and again, I didn't ask this to Lee. These are some of the questions I wish I had asked him last time, but. You know, there's almost this element of this ghostly appearance. Like he's almost like right. not just the brother of Bruce. He is his go. He's on 
his grave. He's standing there in this outfit. You know, you could just like take in the movie way. The Wraith. The guy even says, "You look just like him." Right. That's what he says. What? Correct. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yep. Okay, I'll leave the Wraith out of this. But yeah, no, exactly. He's like the ghost. Bruce appears, and it's really the first. This is that scene, just like in The Big Boss, how good it felt when Bruce finally comes and starts kicking ass. It was yeah, he's j- like the first Chinese that's tearing him up. Yeah, you know? and he's and he's fighting on his brother's grave, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. And of course, he's fighting Philip Coe, which is always good. You yeah, know? and then he forces yeah. them, of course, to pray, which I thought yep. was hilarious. Yeah, Philip Coe, and uh... if I can't visit here, you can all do it for me. Move. Neil! Now tell me. Yeah? When Chinese visit graves, what do they do? Uh. Speak! Uh. In all, there's nine bows, three kowtows. Did you hear that? That's nine bows and three kowtows. That clear? Yeah, it was just a perfect comeuppance. They just came. They knew they were going to destroy these people's lives. And instead, our Bruce, which he really just embodied him and kicked the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good scene. You know, and it's funny because, I don't know if I mentioned, but, you know, Tarantino likes this film much more than the original. Now, okay. I don't quite go that far. I, I like. I think the original is, is actually one of the best kung fu movies out of the, the 70s. Right. But I... I, I fully embraced this as being a slightly less effective movie in my mind and I can see why some people might like it better you know I uh, you know so I think there are elements of it that um, are really fun but you know it's a, it's based on it <laughs> I mean the right. story was told and it was told really well now we're kind of just finishing up the story this is like one of those fake sequels like um, the Hunger Games or something oh we're doing it again yes yeah. the Chinese are still back and they're just gonna beat the hell out of the Japanese who are oppressing them we got it they actually had a really bad um, just a, like bit of trivia you know when they were shooting this they actually had a really bad like typhoon come in oh, and no destroy kidding. one of their sets they actually stopped shooting Lee told me for I don't know if it was a month or more, but it was a little while. So, yeah, they broke it up. Uh, the Japanese come for Bruce, and uh, or I should say the the uh, whatever you want to call him, the law the lawman comes for Bruce, right? Uh, but we've already discussed that. Of course, he's not going to the police station. He's going to the Japanese to get murdered or beaten or whatever. Mm-hmm. Bruce, much- that scene's actually kind of interesting too, because when when he, they come in and they're asking for him. They're like, they say, where, where is this guy, you know, and then you hear him go, he's right here, and then they turn and look, and it's this great shot with Bruce Lai in yeah. the room with Ho Yun Jha's image behind him, and it kind of slowly pulls out, and he walks out, and it's a, it's a, it pans to this zoom. It's really great. It's a cool little, like, dramatic moment, you know? And, of course, he wasn't afraid at all. He's like, yeah, what's up? He's like, yeah, okay, well, I want to go ahead and um, have them arrested, too. And the dude did not know what to do, of course. Power yeah. struggle. Um, yeah, so that was really fun. I liked all that. I liked Bruce for the first time just being kind of a badass. Like, no, you know, everybody else is listening to you and cowering, but I do what I want, and this is going to keep happening through the film. <clears throat> um, so, of course, the bad guys go after the alcoholic teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that great scene you were talking about. Um, and it's funny because the way they film this is Bruce is, like, waiting in the wings. Well, that's one thing that's cool about him. In the, I mean, I don't say cool, but it's like different. Is he's slightly at the? I mean, maybe they're not even really super. It's, it's what I like about it is he's he's almost cocky to everybody. He's almost like I don't give a crap about anybody. You know, he's right. very like, all right, go ahead. You know, torture this. I mean, he got his breaking point. Obviously, they push it, but he's not just like running around saving the Chinese. And this is I kind of wanted to point this out later, but I might as well point it out here because it's sort of relevant. Is that he? Um, he's his sort of determination in a way was to avenge his brother. He keeps saying, avenge my brother, avenge my brother, which, I mean, I guess it means just fighting anybody that's Japanese. <laughs> but then partway through the story, when he gets ready to leave, it's sort of like his, his he's not even caring about 
defending his brother anymore. It's just like he's just like, okay, I better go. I started this. So there, that's another one of these sort of story elements. It's a little like f- flexible. It doesn't really shift or, you know, it's like you're kind of like, okay, are you defending your brother? Are you here to help the Chinese or, you know, so. Um, but you're right. I think what I like about it at the beginning, he's he's a little like, you know, he's kind of shrugging everybody off. People are saying, hey, you know, Bruce, don't, you know, Chen San or what I think is his name. You know, it's like, what do you, you know, he's just kind of shrugging everybody off. And there's a couple scenes coming up, I'm sure you get to, where they're, like, they're yeah. like trying to stop him. He's like pushing them off. You no, know, for so. sure. No, because yeah. he's here there to teach them courage. But also, yeah, exactly. you know, American action movies aren't made like this. You'd follow the the antagonist, right? He would, I'm sorry, you'd follow the protagonist, you'd follow our Bruce, right. and he would go along and he would he would get beaten upon by somebody so he'd fight back. This is being told from this whole perspective just like it, it really is what we've watched like ten times. The Japanese are horrible, they're abusing us, but you're right, this is the first time that Bruce is not just like he has all the speeches, but it's almost like it's the last movie again. We've got the ghost of Bruce Lee, and he's come to teach the the Chinese to to have some respect and to grow a pair. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So yeah, they go after the alcoholic. There's so much torture there; it was ridiculous. There are multiple times in this where Bruce just sits in almost like he's in the room, but he's not listening as people are tortured. But yeah, again, yeah. the end moment he comes, he te- he beats them all. Up. Up and of course he teaches the Japanese respect again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. talking about the scene in the, in the in the restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. They, they, you know, they're playing that whole making him wait. You know, they did it in Big Boss, obviously. Yeah. And even even Fist and Fury, there's where he's getting kind of slapped by the Japanese, and like they do here. You know, it's like his face. He's getting poked in the head. They just totally emulate that whole moment with the translator, and uh, and that's what happened in Fist of Fury. So they're just they're pulling that out a little bit here for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, so he he decides. I guess he's going to leave. He's like, like you said, he's like, oh crap! I I did all this, you know. I keep getting us in trouble. Um, I've taught teacher to not be an alcoholic. He's now going to be a man. So there's this big goodbye speech. Yeah. <laughs> Toto, I'll never forget you. <laughs> <laughs> Cowardly lion, you were the best. Um, I heard most of that. If you go to the Jap's place. You'll never leave there alive. So I should go to the station with you instead. Right. That would be the best solution. But still, that's not my decision. So then... So then, you're going to take me to the Japanese. Don't get me wrong. Although I've had my problems, I'm still a Chinese. I'm impressed with Chang. He's a young man with a lot of guts. So have you. So I suggest the best thing is for Chang to leave Shanghai. But all right, I go. And what then? It's my business. Don't you worry. I don't get it. Why the sudden change of attitude? Hmm. There's been no change. You forget, I'm also Chinese. Right. I'll go. Inspector, I want the truth, that's all. So let me have it. If I leave Shanghai... Do you think the Japanese will leave the others alone, then? Listen, all I can promise is I'll do my best. Well, gentlemen, take care now. And I wish you good luck. We'll meet again. Gentlemen, we haven't had very much time together. But I've learned a lot from you. And what I've learned, I'm not going to forget. Now listen, whatever happens, you never give in to the enemy. Yeah. But yeah, this was unexpected. I actually checked the time because I'm like, wait, he's leaving? What's happening in this movie? But of course, yeah, we're maybe not even halfway through. Well, yeah, and, and, and prior to that, remember, he had that one fight that I guess he just, you just you moved over it where he's, like, fighting at night, right? And the guy comes up, and he's, he's grabbing him. Oh, going, yeah. You know, you, you just call him weak, and he goes, he says, you're going to be in trouble. He goes, you're right. I'm trouble. Trouble for the Japs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it for you, like it is for me, that every time they say Jap, you cringe a little? <laughs> I, you know what? I grew up on these, so I don't really care. But oh, that's it's great. sort of like – and, you know, what's funny about it, though, it's, it's – the thing about it is, is that they – you know, it's not like they really didn't like the Japanese, but it was okay back then where it was like you could push buttons and it's like, okay, we knew this was the story of the original, so we just calm the Japs and hate the Japs. We're not going to have to... If you see the um, the remake of this that Jet Li did, Fists of Legend, did you ever see that? Yeah, of course. 
Okay, well, you know, there by then it was getting a little more politically correct, yeah. and they, they decided to pull the Japanese into it as part. It wasn't so much, and it was a, maybe a group of Japanese, but it was like there was a Japanese, you know, protagonist in the story as well, right? You know, Kirada and stuff. So. Totally. Yeah, that's um, hilarious. Yeah. Hmm. Um. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we did have that fight at night. Um. Yeah. The big goodbye speech. I I did like the train scene. I didn't expect it to happen the way it did. I didn't expect them to attack him on the train. I I don't know why. Right. It was so well set up. But so you know he's like in the tra- on the train windows yeah, it's open. Pretty good. Good sequence. Yeah. Yeah. And, were, and they shot that on a you know real moving train. You it know? was. And he, you know Lee was telling me it was a little tough. You know he goes but they they got a train they hopped on and oh, they shot it. I, it's it was a great amazing. Scene. Very yeah. James Bond. You know. <laughs> you know um my kid is obsessed with old uh, old school like steam engines which is what that uh-huh. was. So right away, I like paused and had him Called come him. in. I'm like, look, yeah, he has these smoke deflectors. Those are those long metal pieces that you see on the front. One weird thing, the train is actually attached backwards and is running backwards, which mm. is fine. It just means that there was probably no turntable for them to get it all straight. What the, what this train probably does is drags from one city to another, or, you know, something like that. But it was a really cool thing. It was, I mean, neat to see something that old that's probably in a scrap heap now. Yeah, right, exactly. All right, well, um, yeah, so we get a fight on the train. That was fun. (laughs) And this time, um, Bruce is not as invulnerable as he normally is because they brought in the spoiler of big knives. So there's lots of fighting, lots of uh, trying to slash him. It's a a pretty good scene. Um, A real real something did get pushed off of a train. So as far as... (laughs) Some dummy. (laughs) As far as stuntmen go, uh, they either... Yeah, I'm sure it was a dummy. (laughs) Um, that leads to a great scene, of course, with uh, the uh, the evil Japanese master. I didn't catch his name. But um, anyway, it's like, yeah, yeah, we totally threw him out of a train. He was like, well, is he dead? <laughs> oh, you mean Miyamoto. You yeah. Mean Lole, Thank right? you. Yeah. Yeah. Miyamoto. But is he dead? That's the only thing that's worrying me now. He's dead, You're sir. Right. Well, from now on, there's to be no more Chinese kung fu schools in Shanghai. That's perfect. Yeah, so Miyamoto, uh, I should make a note of that so I don't just call him the big bad or whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Miyamoto is like, is he dead? And he's like, well, we're pretty sure he's dead. He's like, yeah. Okay, good enough. It's time. No more <laughs> Chinese schools in Shanghai. It's time to get serious about this. Well, and that, what I was, yeah, was going to say is that um, Lo Li, if, if you think about it, a lot of these scenes are just basically everybody goes to him, they talk, and they goes, go kill all the Chingu men. Yeah, exactly. and Then they go, and they come back, and then he's like, go kill all the Chingu men. I mean, it's like that's basically his orders every scene. Go kill them all. Go kill them all. Go kill them all. Yeah. By the time he said it the last time, you're like, all right, already. Kill them all. You're like, you don't have to tell me again. Although yeah. this time, I might want to borrow a gun. <laughs> one of the things too about <clears throat> about Lee Nam is kind of interesting is he he relies on his master shots which a master shot is basically for those who don't know it's like a basically a wide shot of a, a scene that gives you geography so you go you here's the wide so you can see where the door is and where all the characters are so then when you punch in for all the close-ups and medium shots or whatever you want to do you kind of know where everybody is and he all he he especially with this movie. I noticed he, his master shots always seem to be overheads. Like he likes going up mm. in the air and shooting down a lot. So you, you catch a lot of his master shots for whatever reason being almost aerial shots, which is kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know what the purpose of it was, but I know what you mean. It, yeah, I can picture a lot of those. There's even actually coming uh, toward a little later in the the story when when um, when Bruce lies overhearing them talking about. You know, yeah. whatever it is they're going to do. That, that there's, just, I don't know how they did it. Again, it's one of the questions I should have asked him last time I was there. I mean, next time. But he, um, they're talking, and then the camera goes up all the way to the second floor, and you see Bruce. So he's like above them. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I can't imagine they had a crane in there. They might have. They had to have something to just elevate that camera quickly. It's a little shaky and a little weird, but it's a. It's. I always went. What? How did they do that? <laughs> yeah, it was a cool shot. Yeah. Huh. I liked it too. Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite things of this is his. It's almost like Der uh, Himmel über Berlin or you know Wings of Desire. You've got the the listening angel up in the wings. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Ready Great to movie. come down and do the thing. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So the Japanese come to finally shut down the schools. Big fight. Um, a really long fight, actually. Lots of uh, details. There's swords. There's stuff. 
But obviously, mm-hmm. then here comes Bruce. I probably uh, you probably want to talk more about that fight. For me, I well, was, I think yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, just a couple of things is that please, again, please. You know, I noticed one thing, and these are just little geeky things. You know, as a studying a director, one of the my next books was going to be on Lee So Nam. So it's like this is the kind of stuff I pay attention to. But he, um, his, you know, he favors a lot of over the shoulder medium, what they call cowboy shots, generally, where you um, instead of like just always having the camera be wide. Um, when he was doing like the leg fighters and he's working with Tan Tao Ling, he gets a right. little wider just because his legs are so good. But yeah. he, in this film, particularly, it's a lot of slightly over the shoulder of one actor onto the other when they're fighting. So it's sort of like a two shot with them fighting. And I notice he does that quite a bit. And he's using a lot of handheld. Um, that sequence you're talking about, there's a really cool one piece in it where they're where they all pull out the swords and the Chinese guys have and the Japanese and they're sort of like backing up and yeah. it's this great dolly shot through all this kind of uh, the wall through the gate or you know where they're backing up it's it's a really one of the the more interesting shots in the movie I love that but anyways the fight scenes I think you know we, we talked about are, are, are pretty good they're one of the things that differentiates like Bruce Lee was very focused on going you know I want to you know treat my fight scenes with a little bit of a rhythm so his rhythm is, you know, there's pauses, right? And then, you know, it's like t- where in this, they just sort of melee into it. There's a couple of moments where there's some pauses, like when Bruce gets the new Chaku, et cetera. But it's not like they try to build it up. Like when you watch Bruce Lee, for instance, in Fist of Fury, he walks the first fight. He goes into the Chinese, uh, the Chinese school. And, you know, he's like standing there and the one guy comes up to him and, um, you know, he's, he grabs him and Bruce punch, does back fist and the guy gets back up and grabs him from behind. And he like elbows him and it's, all, it's taking place over the course of like, you know, 40 seconds. And then uh, Peter, um, what's his name, uh, comes up at him, you know, with the red hair and Bruce Lee then takes care of him once, takes care of him twice. And then then in a quick succession hits a couple other guys and then gets surrounded by the, the all the students. Right. Right. And then it gets into kind of a melee moment. So there's this a little bit of a build-up and a build-up and a build-up and then pop, pop, pop. So there's focus on some things where, like in this film, sometimes it's a little bit of just diving in, fight, 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 fight. So it may not quite deliver some of the same element of, you know, like I said, towards the end when he fights Lo Lee, there you get a lot more of it. You know, it's like they're conscious about those beats. But anyway, so, I mean, the fight scenes in this, I think, are fun and they're good. He's not over-the-top. Bruce per se you know I mean he's obviously making his moments but he's not like thumbing his nose he's not no. dancing around and that kind of thing so which I think is common with these like everybody's like being Bruce as Chen Zen so Chen Zen didn't do a lot of the Bruce Bruceisms so Chen Zen doesn't send to do a, a bunch of the Bruceisms you know right I mean? and there's a couple of moments where he does but you're right I mean he's that's a very good point you know he's not um, he's not doing his, a lot of his shuffling stuff was done in in um, in Way of the Dragon right. and a little bit in Enter the Dragon which is kind of funny because the director even talked about he kept saying to Bruce Bruce you, you're a Shaolin monk don't do any cocky stuff right. <laughs> you know <laughs> so there's a couple of moments where he kind of comes through the cocky Bruce you know but that, that's a good point about Chen Zhen, Chen Chen or Chen San or whatever whatever the, the yeah, imitators I yeah I can't keep no, up Chen, no you're right Chen Chen is the Bruce Lee character and Chen, Chen San is the one in this one okay Chen Zan oh uh, whatever I'll never get him straight <laughs> whatever I know the I know the character I'm talking about and you guys just have to keep up <laughs> It's the one, you know, the mad, the mad, really good martial artist that's (laughs) at the school and he's really pissed. Okay. uh, But that's exactly what happens. Here comes Bruce. The Japanese had come, the big fight. Um, Mm -hmm. Bruce comes. um, He has to fight the two main Japanese guys. um, Beats the hell out of them. uh, The Nazi boss, whatever that, what is that guy's name? He's the little Weasley guy with the Nazi. Oh, the translator guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the worst. Because he's Chinese, as he points out in this scene, but he's been terrible. But, yeah, he's like, I don't know, treat me like a dog. But he's been just terrible the whole time. I just wanted him to, yeah. But it doesn't happen that way because Bruce is a stand-up dude, gets the cops there, says, yeah, like, this guy and I, we need to go to jail or something because we suck. (laughs) He's like, but give me one day. Right. Yeah. And then you just, like, as you talked and we spoke about earlier, that Nunchaku scene took place right in that fight scene oh. so the one you probably saw is where it was missed where he gets it from um he gets it from his uh what's his name uh the yep. little guy his, yep. his buddy so he gets it from him and he um who actually that guy actually um i don't want to say uh, sham 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 something sham chimbo i think is his name okay. he was um he was actually an action director in a couple of bruce lies movies like um 
uh, image of Bruce and Fist of Bruce Lee and stuff. Oh, but cool. He, really? Yeah, so he, he grabs the Nunchakus, obviously, that we've talked about, the coveted Nunchakus, and, and tosses them to Bruce. And then it's kind of interesting because it's a big build-up to it. But the scenes with Bruce uses it's only about not even 90 seconds. Right. You know, he just kind of uses it for a few boom, 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 fights the guys off and then throws the pair up onto the wood above him, you know, which is kind of funny. Um, but, yeah. So, anyway, so you're right. So, we're there. By the, the way, cops show up. always yeah. confusing. No one's ever explained it. Nobody ever wants to talk about it. But when you mm-hmm. got a badass weapon, why do you throw it down to fight barehanded? <laughs> when I want to beat what? someone and I've oh, got yeah. a and I've got Nunchaku I'm not going to throw him down because I've already shown you how awesome I am with them and I'm honorable so I'm only now going to kill you with my fists I would just finish him off with the Nunchaku nobody's going to see and I'll feel better <laughs> moving on I think somebody out there who loves doing editing should edit a, a montage of Nunchaku tosses and Bruce Blaze <laughs> films, you know? Oh, my you got God. Him Bruce Blaze's greatest revenge. Just, just the moment where they grab him and throw him to the ground, throw him to the ground, throw him to the ground. You'd probably get a good little, little rap It'd be the going. best supercut. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Bruce confesses. He says, yeah, pretty much that. I admit, I, it was me and me alone. I killed all the Japanese. And, you know. Uh, I'm sorry. I beg you to spare me, please. Just treat me like a dog. Just like a dog. I beg you, spare me. You're not a dog. You're ten times lower. <laughs> Take the wounded to hospital. Arrest the others. Sir. I killed the Japanese. All by myself. It wasn't the others. Right. Take them away. Right. Hey, Inspector. Don't you know me? I work for the on, Japanese. Come on. Just, well, that that actually, that scene is actually very funny because just to go off of what you were saying, not to cut you off, but when the when the cops please. come and put their hands on Bruce and the translator, they, the the translator pushes the cop's hand off, and then Bruce pushes his cop's hand off, but then the translator guy just puts it back. The guy just puts it back on the translator guy, <laughs> kind of like <laughs> you're not going to be as cool as Bruce. So you're going to have to get your hand. You're yeah. going to have to keep. Sorry, I put my hand on you. <laughs> I missed that part. That's hilarious. Um well, Bruce confesses, says, as long as the little guy will take me to the Japanese guy, give me one day, I yep. need revenge, and then I will pay for all of the Japanese deaths. Um, yeah, so, oh, again, that was kind of a ridiculous scene. So the little guy shows up. He's just like, oh, my God, you know. I don't remember what was said, to, but pretty much the point was he's like. Well, he, we cut to, to lowly. He's doing his painting, and he's got some yeah. philosophical. I can't remember what it is. He says a little thing doing about Doing calligraphy painting. or yeah, something. Very yeah, very samurai, Japanese, preparing for battle. I mean, he doesn't realize it yet, but I mean, that kind of a that kind of a, a moment in the film. It's sort right. of quiet before the storm. Yeah, and, and the, um, the little guy, he's not at all making himself clear, like, while he's, why he's there. You know, he's like, oh, stuff happened. He's like, he's waiting for you outside. Yeah, yeah, that's which is funny. Yeah, and then he's behind him, and of course it, it's yeah. You want to talk about that? Like you're an idiot. Well, yeah. There's this great, and it's a great moment because so they go to go outside to face him. And little lady always tells pissed off at this guy, and then Bruce is behind them, like at the painting, and he's do, he's going oh, nice calligraphy. Yeah, you know, he's like really criticizing. Nice <laughs> yeah, well, he's no, he's actually paying him a compliment. Oh, he's he like kind of so. going, these are but these are nice. You know, he's, it's a, kind of surprising to say for such a jerk, you actually can paint well. It's kind of, so in a way, you're right. He is kind of <laughs> criticizing him. He's complimenting his painting, but he's saying as a person, you know. Um, and then he and then Lowly kills the. The translator guy, and then the two start to to face off, and we've got this sort of Japanese versus, you know, Chinese thing. And then, but he makes him put the sword down, so it's you know, which is great because we're going to now use, yeah. Use, um, and then there's that great shot where he drops the, he puts the the sword down, and the the sheath pops open. And that was there, so and Bruce cool. kind of looks at it like, hmm, you're sort of badass. Aren't yeah, you? <laughs> no, it was because it was also like I didn't know you could do that, and I bet that was a thing. You have to think like the. The sheath is probably bamboo or something like that. So if you like pushed hard enough, your actual sword would cut through it, and it would be like yeah. a yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I've never seen that before, but I was like just like Bruce. I was like that was badass. <laughs> yeah, and they used the sword in the frame in a, one of the sequences where it's sort of separating the two of them yeah. as they're facing off. Oh a cool yeah, you're that. right. Yeah. Well, um, so this fight reminded me a lot of, of course, Enter the Dragon. All the scratches on him, even finally rips his shirt off to show mm-hmm. almost identical scratches from uh, Hans, you know, super, right, super right. claws. 
Um, and it's it's yeah, and, and of course here you've got the super claws are actually his fingers, you yeah. know, and and this is like what I would consider the ultimate finger kung fu fight because oh, they're basically agreed. both using their fingers and it's a, it's a and Bruce Lai actually shows off his gymnastics in this quite a bit, which is good because people get a real opportunity to see him actually doing some of the handsprings and front flips that he does. So I think they bring in a double a couple of times, but mm-hmm. he's actually doing a couple of himself. Yeah, he's awesome. And then, of yeah, course... Yeah, and again, like you said, he's getting his ass beat yeah, you know, pretty badly. he's getting like, his ass handed to him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Suzuki and uh, Fist of Fury kind of punches Bruce a couple of times. You know, it makes him a little pissed off, yeah. but it's never quite to Not the a degree big deal. That, yeah, where Miyamoto, you know, gets uh, Bruce Lai almost... And it's kind of a funny moment because... Bruce Lai almost looks like he's about to collapse until he takes his shirt off. And it's almost like by taking his shirt off, his superpowers come through. Yeah, they <laughs> <You> know, do. <laughs> that was awesome. And then, of course, he uses Bruce's deadly fingers and handles right, the whole I mean. situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, Bruce is done. And it looked like it. And then he did the thing. And then, of course, yeah, fingers. And then I thought it was a nice touch, you know, throwing the katana into the Japanese flag right into the heart, right into the mm-hmm. sun. Like, right into Japan. Budge yep. you. And then, and then there's that philosophical moment where he says, you know, what you thought was our weakness is really our virtue. You yeah, know? And, good speech. And then uh, in a rare kind of moment, it's, it's it, the Chinese hero doesn't per se kill him. He's demoralized him, but he doesn't kill him, and he lets the Japanese do it himself. Yeah, you know? isn't that funny? Because when we look at all the other, the other ones we watched with the horrible Japanese guy, you know, the... God, you just said it. But, you know, the the other ones, there was always a gun or something. <laughs> you know, our main Japanese yeah. bad guy would resort yeah. to, like, cr- like really unethical or, like, you know, just bad things. Yeah, like, like yeah, I'm gonna, when you turn your back on me, I'm going to, you right. know, do the finale. Yeah. And here there was a little bit more honor played into exactly. it. Another thing to point out, too, for a low Lee trivia is that low Lee is also – his, like, the the actor that did both Fist of Fury Part Two and The Big Boss Part Two. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and I'm pretty sure you know it's funny. I mean, we'll, people will probably comment on this, but I think this is the only time that Bruce and Lole fought. I don't know if Lole actually did another film with Bruce Lai. I'm bl- I mean, he's done with a bunch of Bruce Lai, but I can't remember. It'll maybe come to me after we're done. But hmm. um, anyway, so yeah, it's uh, it's a good that was a good it's a good fight. Some people there's a little bit of debate I've seen sometimes going on whether the fight in that one. And this one is is better than the the finale at the end of Fist of Fury three, which is with Ku Fang. It's I've heard great... that too. I've never, I haven't yeah. seen that one. Obviously, they're both really good. The the other one's a little more sort of dramatic with 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 thunder and lightning, and they're all wet and okay. stuff. But the, but it, but it almost looks a little more Lee So Nam like in a way. Uh, in terms of the structure of it, but it's uh, I think that's uh, is it Tolo Po? I gotta forget who directed the third one, but um. Anyway, so yeah, this was it was a good fight with Loli. I, I liked it, and I liked the the way it ends. And then we, of course, get a chance to go to the funeral after that. Yeah, so or the or not the, really the funeral. It's more of a there's a it's a rebuilding of the school. But yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And I didn't expect it. I expected the Harakiri to be the end, but then mm-hmm. now yep. Bruce comes back and the school's fixed. So it's like a perfect sequel in that like every bad thing that happened in one and two is all solved except for the deaths. And the deaths of really important people, but now we're good. <laughs> yeah, we got a last shot with the nunchaku. Like it's like kind of like good. Bruce is still with us, you know. Yeah. And, and then and then the last shot. It's kind of interesting because the last shot, which pulls us into like I said, an end credit roll, which you don't see in often kung fu movies. It usually just ends with the end and we're out. You know, this is where we see the credits though. <laughs> um, but it's it, the shot is sort of mimics in a way the end of Fists of Fury, but without Bruce dying. Like they're all coming out of the school with the police, walking to prison. Where in Bruce in the first one he jumps at the police so they'll shoot him you know he dies a martyr's death and and in this one bruce lai takes off so he can come back for jeet kun claws and the supreme kung fu <laughs> right fist of fury part three is it's otherwise not. i love but, it yeah well let me um pull up something here so that's the end of the movie school saved it was a great one um i want to bring up two things so first off i watched this on amazon prime Mm-hmm. And Amazon Prime is kind of cool. Every once in a while, like on real movies, they'll throw in some trivia. But they found somewhere on the web some crap to throw into their Amazon Prime page on trivia on this. So I'm going <laughs> to read some of these to you, and you can just tell me what you know. Oh, okay. First one's obvious. You've talked about it. We've talked about it. Um, rumored that Lo Wei wanted to call his Fist of Fury sequel Fist of Fury Part 2 or Ying Wu Men ZG first. But this <laughs> film beat him to it. That, so he had to call it New Fist of Fury. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So accordingly, that's it. Like, this beat him to the punch, 
where we don't know, like you said, they were filming at the same time and it was like, how do you pull that off? And I guess maybe this film hit the market first. So they were able to say, Fist of Fury Part 2, that's us. <laughs> right, movie. right, right. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so then um, while this film brings back Lee Kun and Teen Fang to reprise their roles from the first Fist of Fury, yeah, this is exactly what you said. They're just covering that it isn't Nora Mao, it's somebody else and they just, she kills herself and you never see her face and that's it. Okay, so then um, one of two unofficial sequels to Bruce Lee films that, to feature Lole. The other is Big Boss Part 2, which I've never seen. Yep. And then finally, there's two more. A uh, photo of Chen Zen at his funeral in the opening of the film is actually a behind-the-scenes photo of Bruce Lee during the filming of Way of the Dragon. Um, God, that's a good question. I don't. I, funny, I wanted to say I don't think it is. I think it's actually a shot from Fist of Fury. But it that's be, funny. You know, it's, it, I know that it's a big black and white image. Now I'll have to go back and look. But yeah, that's yeah. what they say. And then finally, yeah, it's one of uh, Bruce Lee's favorite films. Okay, and then we have the Wikipedia trivia. I won't um, bore you, but how about this one? This is just what you were talking about. The Adventures of Chen Shen were continued in the '79 film Fist of Fury Three. That's right. Which is so, a good, it's a good film, you know. N- any of the same people? Uh, no. You know what? They didn't bring back. I don't think they brought back anybody. Actually, wow. I'd have to double check again. I haven't seen that one in a while. <laughs> okay. Um, and then um, you know, this follows again Bruce Lee's favorites. He loved this, and he loved Dynamo and Chinese Stuntman. Right. Uh, they talk about debate on when it was released because it's anywhere from seventy six to seventy nine. Which we always know it's when it was released in different places, but do you have any idea what the original release was? Well, like listen, I know it was shot. I know it was shot in in April. It was like shot in like late um, spring because, or you know, April, yeah, April because that's when the, the heavy torrential um, okay typhoon season was. And I guess it was uh, it was probably seventy seven because I don't think it probably came out till seventy eight, something like that. So I'm guessing it was seventy seven. Okay, yeah, and I think that's a really common one. So that would be a that's cool. Um, okay, well, you know what? Uh, that is the end of that. I wanted to jump ship for a second. That was all the trivia. We're good. Um, let's jump before we get to news, and we have a couple calls to go through. Um, let's talk about what's happening with the book. The book, yeah. I was just going to point. I had been getting a lot of questions lately on the Bruce Plotation Bible, and I just thought I'd run through just something real quick because I know a bunch of people asking about it. First and foremost, the, you know, I started working on this thing ten years ago. Wow. You know, a little over ten years ago at this point, and and part of the reason it's taken so long is a number of things. First, I, when I was writing it, I wanted to write the first sort of exhaustive book on the genre because nobody had ever written a book on it before. Uh, even to this day, nobody's really written a book on the genre per se. There's been a couple of these small produced books that spend the majority of their time like reviewing the movies like they it's like like 85% is going and then Fist of Fury Bruce does this and then he has a cup of coffee and then he does this and then at the end they kind of talk a little bit of what their favorite thing in the movie is or if it reminds them of Fist of Fury or whatever so I was that was my interest what I really wanted to do is do something that actually covers the genre from everything from its history to how it started to you know even everything from how it even affected my life when I was growing up as a filmmaker but also one where I you know I actually go out and interview and meet the people participated because most people don't ever get an opportunity to do that so the length of time has just been about waiting to get and, the, and truthfully I, I did hand in a draft of it but it was f- over 500 pages long and my publisher said I can't do this and I was like can we do a part two or something you know <laughs> so the, I've actually had to go back through it and re-edit it which is fine because I've had a chance to meet with a couple other people from the films it just gave me a little extra chance to fill in some 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 blanks and you know of course the, the ability to see Big Boss part two and include that in it and, and different things so um Anyway, that's what I wanted to mention. A lot of people are asking about, like, well, how do you feel about some of these other little books and publications that are coming out? And I'm like, I I love it all. I want people to write about this forever, you know. And I just, when I say I'm trying to write the first book on it, I just mean in the sense that it's the first actual book on the genre rather than, like, a fan book maybe about it or whatever. And and, and trying to make it inclusive, you know. Like I said, there's been a couple. Yeah, anybody can compile reviews or something. But, like, you know, it's about what you bring to the podcast like we want to hear yeah it's really cool yeah and, and it's and it's i mean there's plenty of people that you know i i happen to maybe be the longest living fan of the genre in history but i just admit <laughs> there's plenty of people that know plenty about these yeah. movies so it's not about that i know more of about than anybody but i'm just saying that i just noticed nobody has ever really taken the time to like i said you know i've gone to korea i've gone to hong kong i've gone to taiwan several times you know just to meet with all these guys and 
and you know getting people like you know John Ben and you know Philip Coe before they passed away and Bruce Lai and Dragon Lee and Lisa Nam Godfrey Ho and everybody who's been so prominent in these in these things to get them in the book and just get their insight because there's so much you know I was even listening to um, Tarantino the other day on a podcast and he was talking about how he thought Lisa Nam worked under a pseudonym which he actually mm-hmm. I asked him that too and because I, I thought that for a while but he he didn't you know it's uh, two different directors and yeah so there's a lot of misinformation out there and I still there'll probably be updates to the book as I learn more I, I would think if hopefully they want me to update it but anyway that that was all I just wanted to mention mm-hmm. and in terms of people that invested in the uh, poster book I've just been at the victim of this COVID thing as now they're backlogged with prior publications but we're all moving ahead it's looking great I've even put a couple extra posters in and so it's everybody that's involved in that will be I think we'll be really happy with it so we don't have an exact date yet but I'll be updating on the, the web page as it comes I love it so that's it that was it yeah book update okay cool I was curious um and then, of course, poster book I was curious about, too, because I am excited. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Well, f- we do have a couple calls. We will go ahead and play them, and we'll talk about it. Um, our phone All number, right. 424-257-0344. Always feel free to give us a call. If you don't want your call played online, which I'm sorry for the two people I'm about to do, it's too late. You could always tell me later, and I'll cut it out and... I, I love it. I wish people would more would call in because it's just nice to hear voices and no, totally. that commu- you know that community is great. I know you weren't saying don't call in, but was, uh, no, I'm saying please yeah. call in. But if you do yeah. feel bashful and these guys won't yeah, write cause something because they're, they're badasses, yeah, just let me know and I'll yeah. uh, I'll just transcribe it and read it to to, to Michael. <laughs> okay, well anyway, uh, here we go. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention this particular phone call is uh, I think I missed it before our last recording. It, it's COVID, guys. I've been all over the place. I'm sure most of us, I mean, it's not natural to stay in um, solitary confinement for the most part. And a lot of people I know out there are. And yeah, yeah, even even guys like us, your brain just goes a mess. So uh, this first one is from AJ. And uh, let me get us going here. Hey there, this is AJ from the Martial Arts Mania podcast, long-time listener, first-time caller uh, for the Clones cast. I quite enjoyed the recent episode on No Retreat, No Surrender. Uh, huge fan of you guys' podcast, huge fan of Michael Worth. I've uh, got to see him a couple times over the past few years here in L.A., but I must say I was a little disappointed in the fact that you neglected the best character in the movie, uh, Frank Peters, played by the one and only Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham, and his best line in the movie. So uh, to make up for this, I have Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham sitting in my car with me right now to give what is probably the best line in the movie. You want to hit it, Sensei? Eat me up. I'm nobody's lunch. And there you have it. Okay. Thanks for the great episodes, guys, and I'm looking forward to the next one. This is AJ and Sugarfoot saying peace. Peace. That was awesome. Listen, it's so funny because first off, first off, I love Sugarfoot, man. Petey, I actually, him and I, we we auditioned once for uh, Kickboxer Five together. I've met him a few times. You know, he's a cool guy. I've always admired his abilities. Such a nice guy. But we got to point out something, AJ, is that we actually recorded this episode twice, and I. Sp- specifically that first yeah, episode that we screwed up <laughs> talked about PD a lot and for some reason we were in a hurry the last time I remember we just kind of like if you listen to the episode you're blazing through like okay we'll get through this but I've always like I'm just going to point this out he's a, he's a great martial artist really fun guy really cool personality um, and yeah he totally sticks out in that movie he's I always you know I'm a, I'm a big kicking fan so I was always like when I when we were doing this audition I think it was Kickboxer Five, but we were at the um, we were at where he trains a lot at the uh, Yurkides's place, uh, the, the Jet Center in uh, Van Nuys. Um, this was back when when it was on um, Friar Street. But anyways, he um, he's a great guy. Sorry we didn't meet P- Petey. Sorry, man. That was just it was our bad our second day, and we were like jamming through it. But he's great. He's a, he's a great part of that movie, and <laughs> that's awesome. I've put in new contingencies where I record extra audio just to make sure we don't lose a episode again. So hopefully, it doesn't burn us again. Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was good. I'm glad we got the line updated. That was awesome. Yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, I agree. I remember you bringing that up and. How funny. I mean, I guess I wish we could just push them all together, but it ha- it's yeah. happened. Um, you know, on the Cinema Bushido podcast, I think uh, Lee Van Cleef and I, we did 
I think we did something stupid. Like, I think it was Mortal Kombat. We did it like five or six times before we were just like, no more. Oh my God. It's just over. The movie isn't worth it. We were like only going for it because <laughs> it had a Christopher Lambert tie-in, and it was just terrible. But yeah, it happens, guys. Uh, technical issues blow things up. Okay, uh, here's our second call. Hey, Michael and Matthew. Uh, my name is Jason. I was just giving a call here. Uh, big fan of the podcast. Uh, it's like my favorite thing every month when you guys post them. They're awesome. But, um, yeah, Fist of Fury 2, I wanted to call in. I saw the post yesterday. I've been waiting for a while for you guys to do this one. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I saw it at um, New Beverly, and uh, I think Michael was at the same uh, show, you guys said. And uh, it was good. I hadn't seen it in probably 20 years, 25 years maybe, because I, I watched it when I was younger on VHS, and I knew it as Chinese connection too, as far as I remember. It's what it said on the um, VHS cover. But, um, yeah, I guess um, the interesting points on it are, one maybe you guys could talk about is that Quentin Tarantino prefers this movie, the sequel with Bruce Lai over the original, which is a very, I don't know, strange to me. I could maybe see from a nostalgic point if he watched that, but I think that'd be a cool point if you guys maybe took a guess why he would prefer that one. Um, and yeah, I thought it was good. It had less action than I remembered, but it was good fights and the end with Lole is a very, I don't know, good build up and he does a throwback to him in Five Fingers of Death, the zoom in on the hands, which I, when I was younger, didn't tie together. So, or, you know, Chinese, um, uh, Chinese boxer, I guess it's called the uh, Chinese version. Um, but yeah, great work, guys, and uh, keep it up and look forward to it all. I got the Dynamo um, uh, Blu-ray and I got the, um, Bruce's Deadly Fingers came in. I haven't watched that one yet, but they're awesome. I look forward to the commentary, and keep it up, guys. Thank you. Deadly Fingers, for me, was a great surprise and definitely endeared me so much to Bruce Lee. So, yeah. Yeah. Enjoy, buddy. It's a, it's a it good one. a good one. It really is a good one. I'll yeah, you got, yeah, I hope you – I mean, we may have seen it before, but hopefully you'll enjoy with the, the transfer of oh, that That particular version. Good call. We, yeah, we did that before we started Pearl River, you know, before it came. But so we, otherwise I probably would have been part of Pearl River. But um, the uh, he the actual the, the, the transfer of that movie was actually from an original negative because we have an original negative for the film. So that's why it looks so good. So I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid in asking this. How is that different from like, you know, a, you know, a regular transfer from like – I don't know. Is the negative always the film? Stuff? Well, the negative is usually considered the the original, right? You have the well, there's okay. an original negative that what comes out of the camera, but then there's what's like an inner oh, negative, I get which it. is what they assemble from the original negative. So now you have another negative, which is slightly a second generation, right? Okay. But then from the negative, you make a positive, which is what you would screen on a movie screen. Now, a lot of these movies that we find, you're only going to find positives, and then right. you have to transfer that, which is still great. You know, they still look really good, but when you can get a negative. It's a original and film. Ter- and it, it, it ju- well, it's almost original. Okay. You know, as close as it's going to get, really. And Internegative is about as best as you're going to get. And we've got a, we've got a few of them of a couple films that, that we're working on right now. But, they, but yeah, the image ends up being just so beautiful when you have that, you know. I love that. And, um, you know, so, yeah, so he... Um, the uh, you know his... Uh, what was the other points he was making? Well, he's saying, first off, the funny thing is, is that the... Um, uh, the, the Tarantino screening at the, yep. the new Beverly. What's funny is that a lot. They don't think they. Know, this is so funny about these movies. They they didn't notice this, but they screwed up a reel. They flipped two reels. I think it was four and five got mixed up because I remember it was show, <laughs> they had flipped them, and and nobody really noticed because it was just sort of there's a redundancy to it. You know what I mean? Like I think they just didn't catch that right. it, it wasn't. It might have been a little weird, but they just didn't get that it was flipped. And it was so funny because I'm going, wait a minute, they just skipped the whole whole chunk of the movie and then it went back to it after that right. deal. so they, I'm thinking they those did screw cans, it up those cans it's like the fight at the first school like the first time they're going to get them and then the flip of like that yeah. second <laughs> it was it was like that it was I can't remember exactly the piece but it was where the new Chaco scene got moved up much further and, and back but anyways yeah, it was a, it was a great showing because they showed um, they showed um, 
all three Lee Sonam films they showed Fist of Fury Part 2 they showed The Hot, Cold, and the Vicious and then um, Ooh, your favorite uh, Eagle was uh, one of the other ones a blank yeah. something Eagle I think it was uh, Don Wong Dao's film but um but yeah, it was it was that was uh, that was a fun showing. And interesting about Loli is apparently Loli wasn't the, he, they were one, really originally wanted Karada to be in this. Karada, yeah, I don't think you've seen him in any of our films, but he he's one of the guys we interviewed for our documentary. He's ubiquitous in all these martial arts films, and like Loli was, and even James Nam, all these guys. Well, yeah. Loli was from from you know from China, right? But like James Nam from Korea and Lo Li, I mean uh, your Karata from Japan. You know they would bring these actors out from their different countries and come in and work at the Shaw Brothers. So, but your Karata couldn't do it for one reason or other. So then they brought in Lo Li. But yeah, it's a good fight. Glad glad you enjoyed it and glad you were. Hopefully you. Uh, I know we did talk about the Tarantino thing a little bit. I think Tarantino's even said. Uh, that he thinks this has some of the best dialogue in a kung fu movie ever. Now, I, I, I'm not really sure why he thinks that. Maybe he's, I don't know if he's talking about the dubbing part or maybe the original language. But it, you know, it's okay. It's got some good moments, you know. But I'm not really sure what you know if maybe. Well, I'll say I this: pull it that far, but if you watch a lot of these, and I know you do, Michael, yeah, sometimes the dubbing is just such a freaking joke. It's like painful, and it makes the movie yeah. terrible. This one, it's all coherent. I mean, it, I believe they would have said all those things. Like there's yeah, no, no. At the when grave he says, site, I, the grave I, site I, where he's if, like, it's nine bows and three, you know, kowtows or whatever, and I'm right. like, I'm like, that's really specific for dialogue, and it. Works. Of course, you're right. In that sense, there's some great mo- and like I said, the stuff with the calligraphy at yeah. the end with the, you know, that's great. There's some the bat where it like says, you know, the the, the line where you talk to, yeah, you're right. I'm trouble. I'm trouble for the <laughs> right. Japs. You know, I mean, right. there are some great moments in there for sure. You yeah, know? you think most exploitation, it would have him. He'd hold it up and he'd be like. I see you drew a picture of your mother. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dishonor her by putting it down. It's all just made up bullshit. This one, yeah, I, get, I felt like it was the real words. Yeah. Good one, <laughs> okay. good one, good one. No, that was good. I, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you guys are calling in, man. It's good. It gives us something to talk about. It makes me so excited to have people call in to hear other voices. So thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, wonderful. And Michael, uh, what's next on our agenda? Well, I, uh, oh, you know, I, hadn't, I can what? announce yes, this go. one. Oh, go for it. Oh, yeah. yeah Let's hear it. <laughs> for the first time, I arranged <laughs> I arranged a movie in the background, and it is, uh, you'll have to help me with the title, but we're going to have uh, Chris the Brain from Bulletproof Action on next episode, and it's going to be Bruce in New Guinea. All right. Bruce Lyon, New Guinea. Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lyon. New Guinea. Bruce Lyon, New in Guinea. New yeah, Guinea. Yeah. Take cool. your pick. Okay, that sounds good with me. Yeah. I'm up for it. I've never seen it. Uh, he's uh, one of uh, our... Um, biggest fans and we're fans of him and bulletproof action as well so should be a uh great coming together he loves bruce exploitation um and yeah so this should be a lot of fun uh he'll be our third guest i think so uh in all bruce exploitation super freaks so yeah looking <laughs> forward to it next episode bring the super freaks baby bring the super freaks till next time michael all right buddy what well, if i get out of this i curfew, hope you I'll... get out of there that's fucking crazy I don't know where I'm going right now. I'm like in the middle. It's like it's like a desert. I mean, are you going to get like, caught driving home or something? I, like, well, I think driving home, I'm cool. But I might go practice kung fu in some parking lot just to, yeah. like, you know, just to just be badass for a minute. Yeah, but, you should. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise, I've, we wish peace to the world. Let's bring it back <laughs> to normal, guys. Through Bruce Bloitation, yeah. let's Absolutely. let's get it. You know, get everybody back. Take the violence out, and we're 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 we'll be we'll go back to normal. And watch. Um, We'll watch Bruce Lyon, New Guinea. Yeah, if you guys feel like murdering somebody and you have a PlayStation 4, <laughs> just look up Evil Twin Ghost on PlayStation 4, uh, Grand Theft Auto, and uh, I'm pretty shitty at it, so you guys can kill the hell out of me. <laughs> Otherwise, be, be kind to your neighbors. Yes, exactly. That's right. All right. Till next time, buddy. All right, buddy. See you soon. See you.